0: You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. The love of God never fails. It has never failed us, and it will never, ever fail us. And so we're going to be leaning into and talking about that love today, but more so, how we're to respond and how we're to live in response to that love. But happy new year, everyone. Hopefully you're having a great start to 2023. And if we have not met, my name is Andrew Kim and I'm one of the people on staff here at Kensington. And what we also wanna do at this time is we want to receive our offering for tonight. And it really is, as I look into the new year, I really am just so excited as to what God is going to do, not just in our community, but through our community as well. And it wouldn't be able to happen without your financial partnership and generosity. And so we want to say thank you for partnering with us. And so tonight, if you would like to give, there are a number of ways that we can do so. You can scan the QR code on your screen. We can also give by texting the word Kensington to 77977. We can also give via the app or online at our website as well. And if you are somebody who does give, we want to say thank you so much for partnering with us in this manner. And so as I look at this year, one of the things that really came to mind were just how God has impacted me just in the past. And when I look at the scriptures, there are specific verses that are really special to me. And chances are, probably for some of you, maybe for many of you, that you also have Verses, or a verse maybe even that is very special to you because of the way that God has used it in your life. And that maybe you were going through a difficult season in your life, a painful season, and it was through those words that God breathed hope and life and encouragement into you that allowed you to keep going. Or maybe you were moving in a very specific direction in your life and that you had goals that you wanted to achieve and that you had a vision for your life. But it was through that verse or that passage that God moved you in a very different way. And it's been the greatest adventure of your life. And so over the next several months at midweek, our teachers are going to be unpacking that verse or verses from the Bible that God has used in a special way in their life. And as I was thinking about My own life and just the verses that God has used, two verses specifically came to mind for me and they're found in the Gospel of John, specifically in John chapter 13. And at this point in Jesus' life in ministry, he found himself in the city of Jerusalem in a place called the Upper Room. And it would be in this room on this night that Jesus would share one final Passover meal with his disciples. And it would actually be his last supper before he went to the cross and gave his life. And during this night, he gave his followers, he gave his disciples a very important command, telling them, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And so the command that Jesus was giving his disciples that night was to love one another. And he was telling them that this was a new command. But when we actually think about it, was it a new command? Because I'm pretty sure back in the Old Testament that God had told his people to do something very similar. And one example is found in Leviticus 19, 18, where God told his people, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so when we read that verse very, very clearly, God told them, hey, I want you to love one another. And so what was Jesus saying centuries later when he said, hey, I want you to love one another because it's a new command? Why would he say that? Why would he say it was a new command if God had already said it? And the answer is the newness wasn't in the command to love one another, but rather the degree in which now we were to do so. Because what Jesus was telling his disciples was, was that he wasn't just, he wasn't telling them, hey, I want you to love others as much as, as you love yourself. Because that's what, what God was saying back in the book of Leviticus because he was commanding his people, I want you to love others in direct proportion to how much you love yourself. The love that you have for yourself is meant to be the standard or the measure in which you now love others. But in the upper room, Jesus took it to a whole new level and it has echoes of the Sermon on the Mount because he was telling his people, don't just love others as much as you love yourself. But now I want you to love others in direct proportion to how much I have loved you. That's the new standard. That is the new measure. And how has Jesus loved us? We just celebrated this a couple of weeks ago at Christmas, that more than 2,000 years ago, he loved us so deeply that he entered into human history as a baby. And while he was on this earth, he experienced the entire spectrum of the human experience, not only the joys and the victories, but also the pain and the heartbreak, the sorrow and the grief. And what that means is, is that whatever we go through in life, Jesus is not only able to sympathize with us, but he truly is able to empathize with us. And then, of course, he was arrested and tried and tortured and nailed to a cross and brutally murdered for your sins and for mine. But his display of love didn't end there and doesn't end there. Because even today, he continues to show his love by relentlessly pursuing us. People who reject him, ignore him, betray him, and just turn their backs on him and walk the other way. I'm guilty of it, and I know Many of us are, all of us are. And so in showing us his love, Jesus tells us, I've given you an example. I've given you an example of how I want you to love other people in that I I don't want you to love just those who love you because that's easy. Anyone can do that. Even people who don't follow Jesus are able to do that. And Jesus didn't even say, I want you to love others as much as you love yourself. But rather, he said, I want you to do something greater. I want you to do something that you cannot do without my help. And I want you to love others in direct proportion to how much I have loved you. And then he continues on in the next verse to say that by this, and what he's saying is that if we actually do this, by this, everyone in this world will know that you are my disciples because this love will ultimately point to him. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if, if you love one another. And so what Jesus was saying was that our love would be our distinguishing mark. But unfortunately, according to so many studies for Jesus followers, that's not our distinguishing mark. That's not our reputation. But because what we're known for more so is we're more so known for our judgment, our hypocrisy. We're more known for what we stand against than what we actually stand for. But what if, what if our reputation here as a community, here in the Troy area, here in the Metro Detroit area, is that we actually loved others in this radical, countercultural, culture-shifting, life-transforming way? And some of you know a portion of my story. That back in high school for a handful of years that I was bullied, and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. It was such a dark season where I had such little hope and really very little desire to live. And sort of the ringleader of the guys who made my life so miserable and awful during this season was a guy by the name of Ivor. And what made me so angry about him wasn't just what he did to me, but he was also a leader in his youth group at church. And so some people in my school actually looked up to him and looked at him and thought to themselves, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus. And this is what it means to love him. While in the midst of this, He was doing these awful things to me, and it made me so angry. And for more than a decade, I hated him more than I've ever hated anyone in my life. And then I came across these words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must. Must He says, it's not a suggestion. It's not, hey, if you want to, if you feel like it, you can do it. No, but he says, so you must love one another. Because if we do this, by this, everyone will know that you follow me. If you love one another. And when I read those words, I remember thinking to myself, really, Jesus, that's what you want me to do? Because for me, it was so much easier to hate this guy because I had been doing it for so long. But these two verses started me on a journey. It was a difficult journey, but it was a journey towards forgiveness as well as freedom. And so as we start this new year, this is the question that I have for us as a community tonight. And that what would it look like? Actually, before I even get to that, think about that person who you can't stand. That person that you're holding something against. That person who you may even hate. And it's probably not hard to bring that person to mind. And what would it look like for you? What would it look like for us this week? Then rather than just continuing to avoid that person, to hold that grudge against that person, continue to hate that person, rather than doing that, what would it look like for us to move towards that person as Jesus has moved towards us and to actually love that person in the way that Jesus has loved us? And maybe for some of us, it may be committing to praying for that person every single day and let me tell you and some of you have experienced this that if we actually commit to consistently and regularly praying for someone God will change our hearts towards that person maybe for others of us it might actually be going to that person and seeking to make things right but how will you love that person as Jesus has loved us because what I'm absolutely convinced of is that if we actually choose to do this and it takes courage and humility, but if we actually choose to do this, that I truly believe that we as a community will become more of the type of church and and the type of people who God has created and destined for us to be, a community and a people who love others as Jesus has loved us. Let me pray for us. Lord, we are grateful, Lord, for the way that you have loved us and shown your love for us. Thank you, God. And just words are inadequate to communicate and really even to describe that love because it is so otherworldly and so extraordinary. But you tell us, Lord, not just to receive and hold on to that love and experience that love for ourselves, but you want us to be conduits of that love, to be able to reflect and to also show and display that love to other people so that they may experience it as well. But that is a really hard thing to do, especially for people, Lord, who have hurt us, people who have wounded us in significant ways. But Lord, we pray that you would speak to us and show us how we can do that, Lord, how we can lean into you, God, because we need your help to do this, Lord. We need your strength. We need your courage, God. But as you open up opportunities for us to do that, This week, we pray that you would also give us, Lord, the strength to be able to walk into those opportunities to say yes to you, Lord. May we be more of the community that you have created and called us to be. And we pray all these things in your powerful, powerful name. Amen. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.